0: It's time for She Knows Sports the Podcast with your host, Tarika Foster Brasby. Hey guys, welcome to She Knows Sports the Podcast. I am your host, Tarika Foster Brasby, and I am excited to be back for another episode. I know it's been a minute, I had a lot of things going on, and I wasn't able to record like I wanted to, but. I am back and thank you to all of those who reached out to me uh, just to make sure that nothing was wrong why I hadn't recorded in a couple weeks. So I appreciate the love and I'm glad that you guys missed the podcast, but I am back. And since my last pod, a couple of things have happened. So before I run down what today's show is going to be about, I just want to give a big shout out to first the South Carolina Gamecocks and coach Dawn Staley for winning the national championship in women's college basketball. Huge, huge, huge victory. Um, Dawn Staley has worked her butt off. She's a mentor to many. She's an inspiration to many. She's so down to earth. I actually got an opportunity to talk to her just last week. And so, I'm super excited for her winning her first national championship. She got there in at Virginia when she played, wasn't able to cash in. So it was good to see her team step up and fight for her. And got to give some credit to uh, Mississippi State for taking out Connecticut. They definitely made the road a little bit easier, but do not discredit the Bulldogs because they balled and they balled hard. And um, I expect to see great things from them moving forward. But most definitely want to show love to South Carolina. And on the men's side, congratulations to the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. While they are a prestigious program who we normally hear in the mix every year, this was a redemption story for them. Because they were just in the same position last year and didn't get an opportunity to cash in either. uh, Because Villanova took that away from them with a buzzer beater. So they definitely wanted to get back to this position they fought hard they played well they reigned victorious and they are the 2017 national champions so Big up to the Carolinas in each individual sport. They do have a championship to their credit, and we look forward to seeing what they're going to bring next year. That means the end of the college basketball season is the start of the NBA playoffs. So this show, we are going to talk a little NBA playoffs now that the East has finally been decided and we can actually see what the matchups are going to be. Also, we have to talk NFL drafts. Hey, Hey, Cleveland. What y'all plan on doing with that number one pick? Because according to the reports, y'all don't even know. Got to get off into that just a little bit as well. So uh, let's get it popping. So last year... We had history being made in the NBA with the Warriors winning 74 games and Cleveland winning their first national championship, right? Well, this year, we got other history being made in the NBA. We got Russell Westbrook with the most triple doubles in a season. And let me tell you, he has been utterly amazing for a team where he is truly the only option. Um, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not he or James Harden, um, or even Kawhi Leonard and even LeBron James and even Steph Curry and Isaiah Thomas, they've all been in this conversation of MVP. But if you ask me, Russell Westbrook is definitely the person who needs to win the MVP award. When you think about what an MVP is, if we're all giving out team awards, then sure, we can award one to LeBron. He is the MVP of the Cavaliers. You can award one to Quahai Leonard. He's the MVP of the Spurs, sure. But when you talk about the league... It's bigger than just the team. It's how you have impacted the league and your team in this season. This season, Russell Westbrook has historically impacted the NBA by passing Robertson's record. He has put the Thunder in a position Uh, to be successful on his own simply because when Kevin Durant left no one knew what to expect of this team or what to make of this team he's the go-to guy he's the guy that you put the ball in his hands when there is no other options and even in losses it's because there are no other options there were times when we were like what in the hell is going on with OKC this guy just had to deal with We all assume someone he considered a friend to just straight leave on him. And basically, he's been the guy to have to put this team on his shoulder. And not only did he do it, but he did it in in historic fashion. So when I look at MVP, I'm for sure looking at Russell Westbrook. Other things going on in the NBA this season as it comes to a close. One of which is the idea of resting players. Every five minutes, we're hearing complaints about somebody who is not going to play, not going to start, how uh, that impacts the fans, craziness. And if you're a consumer, if you're a person that's buying tickets to see these NBA games, you have a legitimate argument. If you have paid your money to see a certain superstar and that certain superstar is not playing unbeknownst to you would you kind of feel like you wasted your money especially if it's a team that you will not get an opportunity to see again so I can totally understand but again that was one of the issues that we had over the course of this NBA season where is Carmelo gonna end up does anybody know if he's still gonna play in a Knicks uniform anymore how about Derrick Rose doing what he does best being injured so much drama this nba season but i think the most drama that we can say that we've seen or had is with the number one seed in the east which brings us to our playoff conversation congratulations to the boston celtics as they have officially clinched the number one spot and why is that because cleveland has completely underachieved this entire season. Not surprising to me, while it may be surprising to some, because I feel like the Cavaliers have not played their best basketball this entire season, to be completely honest. I mean, they've got 50 plus wins, true indeed. But this has to be one of the most underwhelming and underachieving seasons that I've seen from a team coming off of a championship in quite a while. Because before this season even began, people were already crowning the Cavaliers repeat champions. Am I saying that that won't still happen? No. But I am saying that the road has just gotten a little bit more difficult because you've put yourself in a position to not be the number one team in the East. There was this notion that the Cavaliers were going to, you know, be phenomenal this entire season coming off of a championship win. Now, I look back over this season and, the Cavaliers, to me, just haven't lived up to their billing. A- and they've got the most expensive roster in the NBA. I mean, what, $128 million? That's a lot of bread for you to have gone on five over the course of the year. Five three-game losing streaks, three of which have come after the All-Star Game. For some reason, the Cavaliers got this mentality that they can turn it on and turn it off whenever they want to. And that does not always work. In my opinion, they've had some chemistry issues sometimes at some points in the season. And and I mean, they've had moments where they looked unstoppable, but there was never a balance in their season. There was never a moment to me in their season where they looked all good. It was either they look good now and then a couple weeks later, they look terrible. This is the same turn it off, turn it on mentality that had you lose a 26 point lead against Atlanta, the same turn it on, turn it off mentality that had you lose an overtime game against Miami, a game, mind you, in which your star players didn't play because let me guess, they need rest. And don't get me wrong, I understand people are human. I understand specifically in LeBron James' situation where he's been deep in the playoffs and Olympics and overseas, uh, USA basketball. I understand all that, that he's done all of that over the last, what, seven, eight years? So I know that his body has wear and tear that maybe some other basketball players do not. And it's understandable that you need some time to get your body together and in shape. At the same time, we have this argument over if LeBron is Michael Jordan-esque and stuff like I'm tired and I need rest. That's the kind of stuff that makes me look at you like, nah, bro, you ain't Michael Jordan-esque yet. Here it is again, the end of the season, and this whole rest conversation comes up. Players don't play when it's necessary for players to play, especially when you're in the playoff push. You know that you're in. We know that you're in. Everyone knows that you're in, but you should have enough respect for your craft to want to be in and be at your very best. And Cleveland should have been a number one seed. That's just, that's just it. Cleveland should have been the number one seed. But because uh, they are no longer hungry, they are—they have n- now shifted from being the hunter to the hunted. This is the position that they're in. So they will be facing off against the Pacers in the first round, as the Pacers did win um, in their game against the Hawks, who also rested players. Three of the four players that they rested were injured. The number eight seed, just to close out because the seven and eight seed in the Eastern Conference were up for grabs, The AC was now solidified by the Chicago Bulls, who played against the Nets, who, guess what, rested players. And for the life of me, I can't understand why the Brooklyn Nets would be resting players. Y'all barely won 20 games. Y'all been resting all damn season. What you mean? What are you resting? I don't know how I feel about you just resting six players just because it's the last game, considering that your competition is really in a position to make the playoffs based upon how they fare against you. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want a team to make the playoffs off off of me. And if they do, I don't want it to be an easy win. Maybe I'm old school, but I can remember the time where people would look at their schedule and say look we don't have a chance to get into the playoffs but the team that we facing does so let's do what we can do to keep these guys out of contention to keep these guys from being able to have an opportunity to play in the playoffs they don't even look at it like that now nowadays it's just you know what Psh, we straight we tied we tied boss <laughs> i i i guess this is this is 2017 nba for us guys um don't really know what to say for it, but at the end of the day, the Celtics will be playing against the Bulls in the first round. I expect that to be a sweep. Um, I don't expect the Pacers-Cavaliers matchup to be a sweep. Um, I think the Pacers at least have the ability to get two. I think it can go to six. Um, The Raptors are going to be playing the Bucks. That should be an interesting matchup. And last but not least, to round out the Eastern Conference, you're going to have the number four Washington Wizards going up against the number five Atlanta Hawks. This is going to be one hell of a playoff. It really is. This is going to be one of those playoff seasons where from the beginning to the end, I think there's going to be something that impresses us, that that wows us, um, that's going to leave us in a position where we're gonna you know kind of look at how we looked at it last year and say this is historic this is something we're not gonna see again the west is pretty much set and i think that you know the wild wild west as we call it or as it's been called all season long and fittingly so because it's had its share of ups and downs as well i am of the mindset that when you put teams together in a seven game series anything can happen When you put things in that perspective, teams that you may not usually think can rise to the occasion sometimes and oftentimes do. We've seen this because over the last few years, the first round of the NBA playoffs has been the most fun to watch. Teams that we may have discounted or teams that we've said don't have a shot have given themselves a justifiable chance to win or at least have made it interesting. And I say all of that to be a precursor to one of the teams that I'm interested in seeing in the first round, and that's Golden State and Portland. Now, I don't think that Portland is going to win this series against Golden State in the first round, no. But I think it's an interesting dynamic of seeing them play each other because Golden State basically geared their team for this. They went out and got Kevin Durant for this for the NBA playoff, for the championship run, and they lost him for 20 games. And then there were those who were like, hey, is Golden State going to be able to live up to this building because they've dropped a few games without Kevin Durant. They desperately need Kevin Durant back. I mean, come on. We all heard the critics. We all heard the hoopla. How It is interesting how, you know, one week, everybody's all on Golden State the next week they stink without Kevin Durant. The week after that, they don't need Kevin Durant. They've on a 15 game win streak. Who cares? They're gonna be just fine without Durant. I mean this is just how it goes. Nevertheless, though, he returned last week and he's been on back to back double double since he returned. Um they're a healthy Warriors team now, at least healthier than they have been in quite a while. And coming against Portland where they don't really have uh, that defensive prowess that they need in order to defeat a team like Golden State, you got to respect Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. And I think that is what's going to be interesting because these two guys are guys that know how to play and they know how to score when they need to score. Now, one thing you can't do is you can't go into a game thinking you're going to outscore the Warriors. That's just not how that works. That's their game plan. They, they want you to try to outscore them, and that's not going to happen. So, basically, you need to figure out a way to defend them. And with the Blazers currently missing their center and uh, Joseph Norkit, I hope I said his name right. If I didn't say his name right, I'm sure somebody's going to correct me. But uh, with them missing his their center right now, I'm not quite sure they have enough uh, to basically... At least even put the Warriors on the ropes. But I do think that it's going to be interesting to see how Lillard and McCollum, uh, how they go off. Because just a couple days ago, I mean, Lillard dropped 59 points with no turnovers. (laughs) and only and only uh, in nine three-pointers you know what I mean so this is a guy that knows how to take care of the basketball and he knows how to score and he's also a guy that is not going to be swept out of a series I don't know if people will remember this but a couple years ago they were down three nothing in a series in the first round and Damian Lillard was like look I know I'm not gonna get swept I know that I, I I bet you I don't get swept. <laughs> and and that's the attitude that he has. And I know he still has that attitude because he's felt for several years that he's been on the back burner. And he's been a guy that's been snubbed by the NBA way too much and way too often. And he feels like he has something to prove. Now, again, it won't matter much because they're not going to win the series. But I think this is definitely going to be one of those first round series that we're going to look at that is going to be a little bit more interesting than um than some may give it credit for being. I'm not quite ready to make a prediction yet. I do think that it's going to shape up to be quite an interesting playoff this season. You're listening to She Know Sports, the podcast. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Serendipity. My book, Ember's Flame, hit number one on the Amazon African American Erotica Chart. Get your copy today to find out what fans Ember's Flame, and you might find yourself in need of some cooling off. Available on Amazon and at www.authorserendipity.com. The NFL draft is upon us and the question that everybody wants to know, who are the Browns going to take with the number one pick? Now, for quite a while, we've been thinking that Miles Garrett was a lock at number one. But according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, Cleveland is undecided on whether or not they want to take the defensive end from Texas A&M or if they want to go with Mitch Trubisky, who's the Carolina quarterback. I can't even understand how this is a conversation. Okay. The Browns need to take Garrett plain and simple with the number one pick. You don't need to draft a quarterback. All right. Now I actually had an opportunity to sit down with miles Garrett this past week. Seems like a really good kid. He's got a decent head on his shoulders. The dude is freaking huge. Okay. Huge. He Definitely gives the aura that he wants to be good at this and that he wants to be successful at this. So I kind of teeter on his intangibles a little bit because there have been red flags. Does it look good that at one point you made a video talking about you want to play for the Cowboys? No, it does not. Doesn't look good that you decided not to do the Mike and Mike interview because you didn't appreciate the things that Booger McFarlane has said about you in the past. Guess what? You're about to be an NFL player. People are going to talk about you. There are a lot of things that people are going to be critical of that you are not going to like. It is the way of the world. But I'm going to tell you what does look good. The dude is 6'5, 270. Okay? He's a beast off the edge as a pass rusher. And yeah, you can say, well, his sacks were down. This last past season, well, he also missed three games this last past season due to a high ankle sprain. But if you look at his numbers, his freshman and sophomore year, he was averaging 12 sacks a season. And even though it was down, it was still eight and a half sacks in nine games. That's damn near a sack a game, man. In my opinion, he's the best player available. And it's not necessary for Cleveland to waste that first round pick on a quarterback. Okay, they have 11 picks in this draft. They also are selecting again in the first round at number 12. If you really think Trubisky's not going to be there, you pick him up then. The way we have seen quarterbacks be drafted over the last few years, Derek Carr, quarterback for the Oakland Raiders, damn near led them to a playoff victory. If it wasn't for him being injured, they would have won their first playoff game. Where did he come? Second round. There's a guy by the name of Dak Prescott who cost Tony Romo his job. Where did he come? In the fourth round. Now, maybe the Browns feel some sense of insecurity because they wasted their lives last year making illogical decisions as usual, picking up anybody other than Carson Wentz. They had an opportunity to draft him, didn't. Okay. Maybe y'all feel bad. Maybe y'all feel some type of way because you ended up being stuck with Brian Hoyer, RG3, and Cody Kessler. Hey, I get it. I wouldn't be dying to start a team with either of those guys either. At least RG3 not so much after his failed seasons in Washington. But you don't need to make the mistake of using your first-round pick, your number one, excuse me, overall first-round pick on a quarterback quarterbacks will be there later in the draft don't do it if anything you don't even have to use your second first round pick on a quarterback oj howard is out there tight end give the quarterback you pick something to throw to add some type of depth and some type of talent to your roster don't keep making these stupid cleveland mistakes man do something different do it right this time take miles garrett quick making this hard it's really not well guys that's all the time that we have on today's show but i appreciate you guys continuing to check me out and show me love make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on itunes if you have not already and follow me on twitter i'm at she underscore you can also hit up my facebook page which is she web hey i'm here for you <laughs> talk to you guys later for more videos and blogs, head to my website where you can subscribe to receive email updates of all new posts. Go to www.chinosportsweb.com.